right, I should be on, but it says not connected, and that's why we do this. Oh, okay, that might uh, might have worked. Fritzberg and bloodandfaith.com, uh, just testing out the uh, connection here on Podbean. Uh, it's Sunday morning. It's the 8th of January, 2023, and we're going to talk about Joshua this morning. We're going to, we finished Deuteronomy. We finished Deuteronomy, and we are moving on into the book of Joshua. Moses has passed away. Shall we pray? Let's pray. Lord, bless this time. Bless this Bible reading, and bless everybody here and those that aren't, in Jesus' name. So Moses has passed away. He went up to the mountain. God said, go up to the mountain and die. That's really what God said. He said, go up to the mountain and die, Moses. You're not going to go into the promised land. You're not going there. I'm going to show it to you, but you're not going there. And, and what we saw last week is that Moses was strong. He was 120 years old. He was strong enough to climb a mountain. Now, granted, it wasn't Mount Everest, okay, but he still piked on up that hill. And uh, his eyesight was so good that he could see clear to the Mediterranean. Now, I did a little bit of sleuthing on that and said, well, how far away is the Mediterranean from that particular mountain? And according to um, all the uh, well, mathematical calculations, he shouldn't have been able to see the Mediterranean because it would have been below the curvature of the Earth. Nevertheless, he could. Huh. wonder what that means. But moving right along. So Moses had already laid his hands on Joshua, and he imparted the Spirit to him. Joshua had a huge portion of the spirit that rested on Moses. And God commanded Moses, or God commanded Joshua. He said, look, you've got to be strong, you've got to be courageous. He didn't say be humble and be deferential. He said be strong and courageous. He didn't say be careful and, and, and um, uh, triple check your work. He said be strong and be courageous. I think this is important, especially when we have to go into battle, we have to go into war. And we're at the moment of war. We're at the moment of war in the United States, in Canada, in New Zealand, in Australia, and in all the countries of Christendom, S southern portion of Africa. I mean, our brothers down there are suffering. We're suffering, and and they've had their they've had some bad times down there. And so Joshua here has taken over. They've had a lot of battles. They've spent forty years battling through the through the desert, battling through the wilderness. Joshua takes command. And here's what God says. Now it came about after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' servant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. All right? It's the past, guys. It's the past. Put it behind you. There's nothing you can do about it. Don't look back to the glories of the past. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore, arise, cross this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving them to the sons of Israel. You would have thought, gee, wouldn't Moses? Wouldn't it be nice if Moses would have taken him in? They had a lot of faith in Moses. They had a lot of trust in Moses. They had a lot of experience with Moses. This is perhaps this was the greatest challenge yet. They wandered around in the desert, uh, uh, living in tents, eating manna, eating a quail out of heaven, and now you got to go in. And you you got to you got to destroy entire nations, many nations. Come on, give us Moses. Nope, Moses is dead. That's not the plan. The plan is Moses is dead. That's dead. That generation is gone. The entire generation was wiped out. It's gone. It was on purpose. The Almighty says to Joshua, Joshua, get up. You're it. Tag, you're it. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, cross this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I'm giving to them, to the sons of Israel. Every place on which the sole of your foot treads, I have given it to you, just as I spoke to Moses. From the wilderness, 
and this Lebanon, even as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, as far as the great sea towards the setting of the sun will be your territory. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall give this people possession of the land, which I swore to their fathers to give to them. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn it to, for, to the right or to the left, so that you may have success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may have so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not tremble or be dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with you wherever you may go. Now, there's a lot in there. First of all, Moses is dead. Moses is gone. That generation is best. The whole generation is gone. Don't look to the past. Look to the future. Look to the, the conquest. The, 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 the battles coming up are bigger than the battles behind you. They're bigger than the battles behind you. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Know that every place where your foot treads, I've already given it to you. So take this people across, all of them. Take them all across. And don't let this word, don't let this law leave your mouth. You meditate on it day and night so you may have success in whatever you do. Meditate upon it. The law of God is not only a tutor to lead us to Christ, which it is, it's a tutor that leads us to Jesus Christ, but it's also a covenant for the nations. The Ten Commandments are the covenant for the nations. Now you may say, well, I'm not a descendant of, of, of uh, Abraham, Isaac, or Jacob. Fine. Let's say you're a descendant of uh, Japheth or a descendant of Ham. Fine. Take your nation. Take your bloodline. Take your nation and say, we're going to serve the Almighty God. And the Ten Commandments will be our law. It will be our constitution. It will be our morality. It will be our law system. It will be everything. And the first commandment points directly to Jesus Christ. The first commandment points directly to Jesus Christ. It doesn't point to some other God. It points to Jesus Christ. Third commandment said, do not take the name of the Lord thy God. What name is that? It's the name of Jesus Christ. The Ten Commandments point to Jesus Christ. He's not another God. He's not a different God. He wasn't a God born 2,000 years ago. He's the creator of the universe. Hebrews chapter 1, John chapter 1. The law is eternal. The Ten Commandments are forever and ever and ever and ever. And they're meant to be for an entire nation, an entire bloodline, an entire people. Then when we build Christian nations, I'm talking bloodlines. A nation is a bloodline. It's not people with the same passport color. I've gotten into that. I'm not going to get into that today. But it's a bloodline. And do you want to know how God organized the nations? He did it by blood. Go read Genesis chapter 10. Go read Genesis chapter 11. The people said, hey, we got, we're going to mix together. God said, I hate you. I hate you, and I hate what you're doing. And he goes down to Babel, and he, and he divides it. He splits it up. He said, no, that's not what I said. I said, you spread out across the face of the earth. And in Acts chapter 16, he said, I'm going to set borders for different nations, different peoples, to see which peoples as a people as a corporate entity, would serve Jesus Christ. He didn't throw everybody in a blender and add bleach and hit the button. That's Satan's plan. That's what Satan's doing today in the United States and in Europe. Notice how he's not doing it anywhere else. No, uh-uh. No, no other nation wants anything to do with this. Why? Who's convincing these European peoples to do this? The seed of the serpent. 
All right, moving on. Didn't know this was going to be the spicy this morning, did you? Uh-uh, it's, it's too early. Here's your territory. He says, all this territory. Oh, but they're not the first peoples, as the Canadians say. Oh, they're the first na there was first nations there. We need to defer them. No, God says, go in there and wipe them out. Wipe them out. This is land is for my people. It's for my people. It's for the people that serve Jesus Christ. And make no mistake, these that the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob served Jesus Christ. They talked to Jesus Christ. Moses talked to Jesus Christ. Pre-incarnation. That was their God. And as this people goes the way of the devil, literally goes the way of the devil, they bring out the star of their demon god, Rampha. Acts chapter 7, verse 42. Come on, people. This is an old story. You should have this. I shouldn't have to even teach any of this to you. It should be in your hearts. You should have this memorized. Jesus Christ is revealed from Genesis chapter 1 right up through the Revelation. You want to know what Jesus Christ is? You better read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And you better read Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and Joshua. The character and nature of Jesus Christ is revealed in the book of Joshua, as well as Deuteronomy, as well as Genesis. In many respects, the Greek scriptures are the capstone. It's the finishing touch. It, not not going to get too crazy on that. But everything you see, everything you see in, in the Greek scriptures, you can find shadows and reflections in, in the Hebrew scriptures. The blood sacrifice goes back. It goes back to the, the garden. It goes back to the Garden of Eden. What happens when Adam and Eve sin? Uh, there's a blood sacrifice that's made. A blood sacrifice. God said, get, get those fig leaves off you. There's a blood sacrifice to cover your nakedness, to cover your sin. Here's some animal skins. The blood sacrifice goes all the way back to there. Didn't start with Moses. Didn't start with Leviticus. Didn't start with uh, Exodus. It goes all the way back. It goes back to Abraham. God says, bring your son, your only begotten son, the only, your only son, the son of the promise, and slay him here. Sacrifice him here on Mount Moriah to me. The blood sacrifice goes all the way back. All the way back. The judgment of God goes all the way back to Genesis from, from the fall to the flood to the Tower of Babel. God's judgment is eternal. His wrath is mighty. When, when Jesus Christ says, don't fear Him who can kill the body, kill, fear Him who can kill the body, can throw the body and soul into hell. Who is that? It's Jesus Christ. It's Jesus Christ. Fear him who can throw the body and the soul into hell for eternity. Don't fear the guy who can kill you. People are so concerned about saving their own lives. Jesus said, don't be worried about saving your life. Fear, fear him who can cast the soul, the body and the soul into hell. These, in these Ten Commandments, if the nation obeys the Ten Commandments, they follow the Ten Commandments, they'll be blessed and not cursed. We've gone over that. Many times in the last several weeks, several months. The nation will be blessed. De Deuteronomy 28, the blessings of following the law of God. And I'll make you the head, not the tail. I'll make you above and not below. I'll make you a lender, not the borrower. But if you disobey them, it's just the complete opposite. And that's what's happened in the United States and Europe and Canada and Australia and New Zealand, but especially the United States.
We don't need no Ten Commandments. We're an open and diverse society. We, we are accepting of all faith traditions. God says, flush it. Flush it down the toilet, man. Flush it down the toilet. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. There's no other gods before me. No other gods are equal to me. No other gods. And when and you say, oh, well, yes, but in even in ancient Israel, there was you know foreign peoples that lived amongst them. But they had to leave their gods at home. Perfect example of that is Ruth. Naomi goes over to the land of the Moabites and evil and wicked and, 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 and horrible bloodline, horrible people. God kills the men of her family, kills the men, kills the father, kills the two sons. Wasn't impressed with them at all. Why are you going back there to Moab? Because there's a little more money there. Naomi said, I'm going back to my people. This is ridiculous. I heard there's food back there. I'm leaving. So adios, uh, daughters-in-law. See ya, Moabitesses. They said, oh, no, we love you. We're going to go with you. And so they start trotting across the desert, heading back west, heading back to the, the promised land, land of Canaan. And, and Naomi turns out, look, 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 I'm an old woman. And you, you guys aren't any, you know, you're not 14 anymore yourselves. Okay, you think you're going to wait around until I get pregnant and raise sons so you can have my kids? I said, this ain't going to work for you. And so one of the daughters, she, she, she said, you know what, you're right. This is insane. <laughs> and she turns around and she says, see ya. Nice knowing you. But Ruth, she says, your God shall be my God and your people shall be my people. They didn't take their pagan ways back to the promised land. They didn't take their racial identity back to the promised land to be with the people of Israel. She says, no, my people, your people should be my people and your God should be my God. And she becomes an ancestress of, of King, King, uh, King David. And we're going to find out another ancestress of, of King David too. Rahab the harlot. Rahab the harlot became, became the mother of Boaz who marries Ruth. God, I love the Bible. I love the Bible. There's so much. It's so rich. You say, well, I thought you couldn't have the Moabitesses in the, the, the bloodline for 10 generations. How's David then the king? The blood flows through the male. The blood throws th flows through the male. The curse flows through the male. Sin nature flows through the male. These weren't males. They were females. Well, I, you know, there's neither male nor female in, in, in Jesus Christ. Uh-huh. And so you're going to have unisex uh, 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 bathrooms at your church? Some of you probably are. Some of you probably already do. The blood flows through the male. That's why a virgin woman could give birth to a sinless Savior. Mary didn't passed down the sin-loving nature to Jesus Christ because she'd never been made one flesh with a male. She was a virgin before the birth of Christ. She was a virgin woman. Never been one flesh with a man. Ne never had she known a man. Never had they come together. And when they come, when the male and female come together, now she's one flesh with a male. The, and, and, and the child is conceived in sin and iniquity. And that sin-loving nature is passed down. But she was a virgin and she didn't have that. That's why the Holy Spirit caused the conception of Jesus Christ in the Virgin Mary. The Virgin Mary. Yes, later on, she had relations with, with Joseph, and they had a bunch of other boys and girls. Says the Bible. I think book of Book of Matthew. Jesus, here's your mother and your brothers and your sisters. Jesus turns around and he looks around. Ah, uh, different story, different story. He says, you want to know who my real mother's brothers and sisters are? It's those that obey God, obey my father.
So when you got these false prophets out there saying, hey, if you give money to these people, who... <laughs> I won't go there. I promise I won't go there. So Joshua assumes command. And he gets the officers. Now notice, this is a top-down leadership, baby. God to Joshua to his officers. Someday we'll have to get into that a little bit more. So he tells his officers, pass through the, the, the midst of the camp and command the people, prepare the provisions for yourselves. From, for within three days you're going to cross this Jordan to go and to possess the land which the Lord your God is giving you to possess it. Now, if you noticed in the first part of chapter 1, he says, you're going into this land to give, I'm, I'm going to give the land to you because I swore that as an oath to your ancestors. There's a generational covenant. And I yearn for us to return to that. There's a generational covenant. And the fifth commandment is, is, is a foundational of that. Honor your ancestors. Honor your father and mother. And if you honor their father and mother, you honor your father and mother. There's a generational covenant. He wants bloodlines to serve him. Bloodlines. Not just an atomized... You know who does the atomized human beings? It's the seed of the serpent. And you can see that in Matthew chapter 15. The Jews come along and they say, Hey, you know, uh, I know it says honor your father money, but give the money to us. They're hissing like the seed of the serpent. Give the money to us. Jesus comes along and he rebukes them, rebukes them to their face, gets up all up in their grill. He says, how dare you? You come along and you, you deny the law of God for your own traditions? And this is what they do. This is what this people does. They set up false loyalties that are not biblical loyalties. Oh, you don't have a father. You don't have a mother. You don't have a nation. You don't have a race. You're not a race. The race is false. They're liars. They're of their father, the devil. They're of their father, Satan. God's the one that created the, the races. He's the one that created the fifth commandment. He's the one that said, you know what, if from Ad, Adam and Eve, everybody's going to come down. They're all related. And then from Noah, and then there's three. There's Shem, Ham, and Japheth, and the, and, and the family spread out from there. Goes to Babel. It's boom, 70 nations. 70 nations come out of Babel. Acts chapter 17, verses 25 and 26, 27. He says, it's, it's God Almighty that made the nations. He's the one, a nation is from Nasir to be born. You split open the bloodline. You split the bloodlines. You make many nations. He said, I pointed their times and their boundaries. And the evil one, the children of the evil one said, no, we're going to mix it all up. We're going to make, and they're hypocrites because they want their own land. They want their own boundaries. They want their own blood, but nobody else gets it. To foil and despoil the plan of God on earth. Look forward to the day when this is mainstream in every Baptist church in every county in America. We'll take back the Episcopalian church. Slaughter some of those priests of Baal. The priests of Baal have taken over in the Episcopalian, the Anglican church. The priests of Baal. Where's Elijah? Oh, Elijah's coming. Don't worry. They're going to get theirs. They're going to get theirs. God is jealous and He's a wrathful God. I, 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 makes me weep when, when the, the church diminishes Jesus Christ in order to make Jesus Christ inoffensive to the seed of the serpent. And, and they, they say, oh, we, we need to reach this generation and we need to reach them where they're at. <laughs> 
Jesus Christ didn't do that. He just spoke the truth. He said, and you know what he said to them? He said, eat my flesh and drink my blood. People turned around and ran away by the dozens. I said, this dude's crazy. He didn't meet him where he's at. He said, eat my flesh and drink my blood. And he turns around and looks at his disciples. You want to go to? Go for it. Go. Leave. The honor of serving Jesus Christ is, is beyond comparison. It is so great. It is, it is unfathomable and indescribable. The Almighty does not position himself to impress us. It's quite the opposite. All right. Chasing some rabbits. Chasing some rabbits around here, folks. All right. So now they're going to go over go across. And remember, we saw this last week, week before. You had a certain portion of the household of Israel who said, Hey, Moses, you know, I got it. The, the plan is to go across the river. But you know what? There's some really nice land up here. And we already wiped out. We already slaughtered those people up there. We slaughtered them all. And it's perfect for for grazing, and that's what we're into. That's what these tribes were into. We give it, can, can we have this land? Moses said, well, let me check it out. Let me go talk to the boss. He talks to the boss. boss said, yeah, give him that land. So <laughs> the deal was, okay, you get this land, but you got to go in ahead of your brothers to slaughter the enemy in the, in the, in the land of Canaan. So this is where we pick that up, verse 12, chapter 1. To the Reubenites and to the Gadites and the half-tribe of Manasseh, Joshua said, Remember the word which Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, The Lord your God gives you rest and will give you this land. Your wives, your little ones, and your cattle shall remain in the land which Moses gave you beyond the Jordan, that you shall cross before your brothers in battle array all your valiant warriors, and shall help them until the Lord gives your brothers rest as he gives you, and they shall possess the land which the Lord your God is giving to them. Then, after that, then you shall return to your own land and possess that which Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you beyond the Jordan toward the sunrise. West of the Jordan. It's that north, well, it's west and, and, and north. They all answered. Who's they? Reuben, Gad, half-tribe of Manasseh. Why the half-tribe? Why the half-tribe? We've covered that, but let's, let's go it again. How many children did Jacob have? Jacob was renamed Israel. Okay. It's not you know something that exists over there in the Middle East today. Jacob was renamed Israel. So Israel has 12 sons. One of the sons is Joseph. All right, before, before uh, Israel dies, he goes to Joseph, because remember, Joseph made a way for them in, in the land of Egypt. He, goes, he says, bring me your sons. And, and he, Joseph brings him his sons, and he says, look, I'm, I'm, instead of you, I'm going to take them as my sons. Very interesting. Someday I'm going to delve into this a little deeper. They're very interesting. He says, look, I, instead of you, Joseph, I'm going to take them as my sons. And then he crossed his hands, so he blessed the younger over the older. Very fascinating. There's a story here. There's a story that's very deep. It's not for today. And I don't even know the story, but sometimes you know when there's a story there. You know it. It's calling to you. There's something deep. Anyway, now how many sons does Israel have? Well, now he's got 13 sons. Well, that's why they call him a half-tribe, because he's got 12 sons. And he's got the half-tribe of Ephraim and the half-tribe of Manasseh. I love these stories. Man, I love these stories. And so they all answered him. They answered Moses. 
He said, all that you have commanded, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we obeyed Moses in all things, we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Anyone who rebels against your command and does not obey your words in all that you command shall be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. This isn't a uh, uh, meta metaphorical death. It's a, we're going to skewer him with a sword. Remember the sons of Levi? Moses comes down to the mount and he, and he tells the, he tells them he says who's, who's with me who's with the Lord one family stood up the, the sons of Levi he said strap on brothers strap on and they strapped on they put their swords on he said you go to and fro and you slaughter every man your friend every man your brother every man the member of your household and they did that's why God made them the, 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 the priests that would serve him in perpetuity because they were more loyal to Jesus Christ in their own blood. Isn't any different today, my friends, my brothers? You, you need to be loyal to Jesus Christ. And here are these three tribes, the two, two and a half tribes are, are, are swearing that oath of loyalty to, to Joshua as the Levites did to, to, to Moses. Any man that disobeys you, we're going to put him to death. Well, I, Joshua had his Praetorian guard right there. There weren't going to be any rebellion in the ranks right there. These were fierce men. These were mighty men. They were fierce men. They left their women and children behind. They're 100% dedicated to war. God took care of Joshua. He says, I, I got your back, Joshua. I know what these people are like. I got your back. I got these men here. Not only are they going to go ahead of all their brethren, but they're going to be your Praetorian guard. Anybody disobeys you, they themselves will slaughter. All right. And here we're just barely to chapter 2. I don't know what's going on this morning. I get excited about the Word of God, though. I'll tell you that much. So he sends some spies over. And they're going into Jericho. They say, you know, let's go see what's going on over here. It makes sense to spy. And so they go in there, and they're looking around, and they meet Rahab, a woman of the night, a prostitute. And they stay with her, and all of a sudden people get word, hey, man, we got some spies in here. we got some spies in here. People are... You know, it's those doggone sons of Israel. And Joshua's their leader, and they're spying. we got to find these guys and kill them. So Rahab hides them. He puts them under some, some straw up on the roof and sticks them in there and hides them. They escape. But before they escape, Rahab says, listen, man, I, I, I've sided with you. We know who you are. We know what people you are. And everybody's terrified of you. We're terrified of you, please, because we know the God whom you serve. And, and, and we have no explanation for the power of this God. But remember me, and remember my family. Remember my, my brothers and sisters and mother and father. Don't slaughter us. Spy say, here, here's a scarlet thread. Put it in your window. If it's there, we won't slaughter you. Make sure everybody's in your house. If it's not there, we're going to slaughter you. A scarlet thread, a scarlet thread. It's that blood that comes down. It's the blood that has come down from the from even from the Garden of Eden, the blood that was shed. It was the blood that was shed on Mount Moriah. When instead of slaying Isaac, there was a ram. A ram that was slain. The blood of, of the lamb over the lintels in the land of Egypt. The blood of the lamb over the lintels. The blood of the sacrifices. And now here they are in Jericho and, and said, You want to be say you want to be part 
of this holy family, this holy bloodline. You got to be under the blood. You got to be under the blood. You got to be under the blood of Jesus Christ. Put the scarlet thread in your window. And it was a generational covenant. It wasn't just for her. It was for her entire family. A generational covenant. Oh God, how I long that we understand. Our king is a covenantal king who seeks not to atomize his own people, but seeks bloodlines. Generations and generations and generations of those who would serve the living God. The reason I have grace in my life to serve Jesus Christ is because of my ancestors. Because my ancestors served Jesus Christ. And I don't know them all. But I had a mother on one side, I had a grandmother on another side, and I can go all the way back. And the blood of my and, and, and the flags of my ancestors bear the cross of Jesus Christ from Sweden and from Norway and from England. It's the, it's the cross of Jesus Christ. There's a covenant, there's a, there's a generational covenant. And the call is to build bloodlines and, and families and nations. And the seed of the serpent wants to destroy that, utterly destroy that. And they call that, dirty names, they call that racist. They call that Eurocentric. They call it white supremacy. You need to go write those words down on a piece of toilet paper, use it appropriately, and then dispose of it. That's all those words are good for. You know what this is called? This is called blasphemy. It's called blasphemy against the Word of God. And you go look at the great whore. Look at the whore. Look at the whore in the book of Revelation. The whore and Babylon are the same. The harlot, the whore, the adulteress, and Babylon are all the same. It's all one. And what is the characteristic? They blaspheme. What's blaspheme? It's slander. I looked this up yesterday. I was going, God, there's a lot of, a lot of blaspheme. Blaspheme is, well, that's when you declare that something is theologically incorrect. I'm like, i, I got to look this up. Slander. You speak arrogant words and blasphemy. Okay? Arrogant words and slander against the truth, against the Word of God, against Jesus Christ. When you call something that is good and you call it evil, that's blasphemy and that's slander. And you have generations of, of men and women coming out of, of the nations of Christendom and you call that evil? That's the plan of the serpent, man. That's the seed of the serpent. That's the eternal enmity, Genesis 3, 14 and 15. The eternal enmity between the blood of, of the between the seed of the woman and the seed, uh, seed of the serpent. It never goes away. And the church is out there saying, Oh, we're all one. We're all the children of God. And they're liars. They're liars. They don't speak the truth. We're not all the children of God. Say, Jesus Christ said, You're the children of Satan. He said it to their faces. Bible says Cain was of the evil one. Now we got the story of Joshua. He's going to take these people in this, into the promise and he's going to slaughter the sons of Satan. He's going to slaughter those that worship Satan. Don't tell me we're all one. Don't tell. That's not true. That's not no foundation in the Bible for that. All right, let's see what they say. 
Here's Rahab. I know that the Lord has given you the land and that the terror of you has fallen upon us and that all the inhabitants of the land have melted away before you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before when you came out of Egypt. Okay, here's a little something, folks, that, that gets me. The Lord God dried up the water in the Red Sea. They didn't wade through a swamp. And you go and read the Psalms and, and, and read the different stories in the Bible. talks about he made the water stand up like a wall on either side of them as they pass through the Red Sea. And the church will dumb it down and dumb it down and dumb it down so it doesn't offend the Antichrist anymore. And here's Rahab as a witness and a testimony against them, saying, we have heard how the Lord dried up the water in the Red Sea. Before he dried it up, dried up the water, dried up the water. The water dried up. They didn't wade through it. They dried it up. And what you did to the kings of the Amorites and to Sion and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. Og, Og, this is where they're going up. This is where uh, Reuben and Gad and Manasseh are going. They're going to settle up there in the land of Og. And they slaughtered them all. They slaughtered every one of them. Men, women, and child, they slaughtered them. When we heard of it, our hearts melted, and no courage remained in any man any longer because of you. For the Lord your God, for He is the God He's the God in heaven and on earth beneath. Now therefore, please swear to me by the Lord, since, you have, since I have dealt kindly with you, that you will also do kindly with my Father's household, generational covenant, and give me a pledge of truth and spare my father and my mother and my brothers and my sisters and all who belong to them and deliver our lives from death. So the men said to you, our life for yours. If you did not tell this business of ours, and it shall come to pass that when the Lord gives us the land, that we shall do kindly and faithful with you. Then Rahab let them down by a rope through the window, and she said, "Go into the hill country." And when they, in three days have passed, you can be on your way. I said, "Tie the scarlet thread, put it in your window." Then Joshua rose early in the morning, and he and all the sons of Israel set out from Shittim. Interesting name. And they came to the Jordan, and they lodged there before the cross. And at the end of three days, the officers went through the midst of the camp, and they commanded the people, saying, When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God with the Levites carrying it, then you shall go set out from the place to go after them. However, there shall be between you and it a distance of 2,000 cubits. 2,000 cubits? I don't know. Throw it down to half a mile. It was a bit out there. Don't come near it, that you may know the way by which the Lord your God has you to go. Joshua says, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders amongst you. He says to the priest, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and cross over ahead of the people. So they took up the Ark of the Covenant and went ahead of the people. Now the Lord said to Joshua, This day I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel, that you may know that just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. You shall moreover command the priest who are carrying the Ark of the Covenant, saying, When you come to the edge of the water, you shall stand still in the Jordan. And Joshua said to the sons of Israel, Come here, and hear the words of the Lord your God. Joshua says, By this you shall know that the living is among you, and that you will assuredly dispossess from before you the Canaanite, the Hittite, the Hivite, the Perizzite, the Gergesite, the Amorite, and the Jebusite. By the way, the Amorites are the sons of Lot by his own daughter. 
Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth is crossing over ahead of you. Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth, of the Lord of all the earth. He's Lord of all the earth. Psalms chapter 4. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The earth is the Lord Jesus Christ's. The earth belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ and the fullness thereof. The earth belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ and the fullness thereof. This ancient nation of Israel is an example for us today. But the earth is the Lord's. North America belongs to Jesus Christ. And you think, if you think He's set it aside for the, those that worship Baal, those that worship Moloch, those that worship the God, the God Rapha, the star of the God Rapha, you're wrong. The people of the Quran and the people of the Talmud both worship the gods of the stars, the, the, the stars and the sun and the moon. They don't worship Jesus Christ. This land is not for them. This land is not for the followers of, of Moloch or Baal or Ashtoreth or Rampha. Go look at the flags of those countries. What's on them? There's the sun and the moon and the stars. There's not a cross. This land is not for them. It's not for them. You may, you may compromise with them, and you end up where America is in 2022. That's exactly where you end up. Because they went and they said, listen, here's the deal. You can't have your religious influences in the government, and it's going to be totally neutral. Well, totally neutral means you serve Satan. And we've got Moloch worship as enshrined in our government, notwithstanding the recent ruling by the United States Supreme Court. Live human sacrifice, abortion, is the worship of Moloch, is the worship of Satan. And, and you know darn well if the, if the, if the, if the powers that be, they're going, to have, they're going to have their way and they're going to do everything they can to, to, to resurrect that. And that's a spiritual stronghold over this land. When you have the blood human sacrifices of the most innocent children sacrificed to Satan himself, you don't think that's a stronghold? It's a stronghold. Well, we're covering some territory this morning, aren't we? I just wanted a nice little Sunday morning uh, uh, Bible study, Fritz. I didn't want to get all controversial. Well, that's what you get. That's what you get, man. You know, you never know. I, I wake up some mornings and I'm going, oh, God. I, I, I. And I sit in front of the microphone and I, I start preaching the gospel and I don't know where this stuff... I was going to say, I don't know where this stuff comes from, but man, it, it, it ain't from me. It ain't because I'm a holy man. It ain't, it ain't because I know a bunch of stuff. And whatever good comes out of the grace of God. All right. So they're going to go in there and he, and he will assuredly dispossess from you. And he names the seven nations. I will dispossess. Canadians go, oh, they're the first nations. You can't do that. No, 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 no. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Jesus Christ can do as he darn well sees fit. As he darn well sees fit. And he told Joshua, he said, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous, man. Don't tremble. Do not be afraid. And whatever you do, don't go in there and make compromises with them and make peace with them and make covenant with them. You'll see that over and over and over again. You do that, they will enslave you. And this is what we've seen in North America. We've brought a foreign people into our midst that if, as, as a matter of identity have rejected Jesus Christ, and now we're enslaved to them. 
as a matter of, of their fundamental identity, they have rejected Jesus Christ, and now we are enslaved by them. Oh, well, we can't do anything to them because, no, well, you better, you know, you, you like your slavery then, I guess. All right, he says, go over there, and when you go over there, you're going to get some rocks, and we're going to make a monument. Monuments are important. The statues that, that are being torn down across the United States, they're important. Monuments are important. So people remember, and they know. It's God's plan. It's God's design. And here these people are tearing down godly Christian men and putting up evil men in their place. You don't think this will have an effect? Absolutely, it has an effect. We're not, we're not ready to fight. I don't know when and how that happens. I don't know. I have no idea. But there's got to be a turning over in the soul of the church. A turning over in the soul of the church. So the church goes back and understands what Joshua went through. Understands what Jesus Christ said in regard to his enemies. There has to be a turning over in the heart of the church. And, oh, then watch out. Then watch out. And then what's going to happen is we're going to say, okay, we're going to take this land. And you're going to have the Rahabs. They're going to go, oh my, they're going to be terrified. They're going to be utterly terrified. And all the people are going to be terrified because they know what the God of Israel did. The God of the son of Jacob did. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob renamed Israel. Not this demon-worshipping entity that exists today. So the priests sent out from their tents to cross the Jordan, and the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant before the people. And when those who carried the Ark came into the Jordan, the feet of the priests carrying the Ark were dipped into the edge of the water, for the Jordan overflows all of its banks at the days of the harvest. This is why I harp on this. Don't tell me they walked through a little mud pit, either on the Red Sea or the Jordan. Why do you dumb down the gospel of Jesus Christ in order to not offend the Antichrists? For the Jordan overflows all the banks in the days of the harvest. And this is when they're going to go in the days of harvest. We're going to see this right away when they go over there and start eating the, eating the fruit of the land. Well, you can't eat the fruit of the land in the middle of the winter because there's no, there's no fruit there. You can't eat the fruit of the land at, at, at planting time because there's no fruit there. You start eating the, fr the fruit of the land because it was the harvest time. It says it flooded during that time. The waters which were flowing down from above stood and rose up in one heap, in a heap, a great distance away at Adam, the city that is besides Therathon. It's very specific, very, very specific. This is where it happened. Oh, and God somehow, you know, he stopped the waters from flowing. No, no, no. Stood up in a heap right at this city. And those which were flowing down towards the sea of the Arab, of the salt sea, were completely cut off. So the people crossed opposite Jericho, and the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant, and the Lord stood on dry ground in the middle of the Jordan. So all the nation had finished crossing the Jordan. All the nation goes over. We're all going over, including the Reubenites. The Reubenites led the charge. Now when the nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord spoke to Joshua, saying, Take for yourselves twelve men, grab the stones, Joshua called the twelve men, grab the stones. Let this be a first sign amongst you. So when your children ask later, saying, what do these stones mean? Then you shall say, because of the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When across the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall become a memorial for the sons of Israel forever. And what are they trying to do in the United States? 
all the Christian men, the Christian men, the great Christian patriots. We're going to get rid of them and we're going to put abominations up in their place. These things are important. They're important. And, and we'll see that later on when we get the story of Gideon. <laughs> Those abominations have to be taken down. What do we got going on here, folks? Forty-five minutes. Preacher's done preaching too long, man. That's a long time for a preacher. Congregation gets nervous. It's like, all right, we got to go eat. So they got the memorial stones up there. And they cross over. And he says, okay, now it's time for you to get circumcised. They got circumcised 40 years ago. Now it's time for you all to get circumcised again. As it takes them three days to heal. Would have been a good time for the enemy to attack, wouldn't it? What is circumcision? Circumcision valid today? Circumcision corresponds to baptism. See if I can't pull this up here. Colossians chapter 2, verse 11. And in him you were circumcised. All right? Let's back up. Let's go to verse 8. See to it that no one takes you captive through This is Colossians chapter 2. Through philosophy and empty deception, according to the tradition of men, according to the elementary principles of the world, rather than according to Christ. For in him all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. Hello, hello, hello. In Jesus Christ, all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. Oh, Jesus Christ was a nice man. He was a good man. He, he multiplied. In Him, the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. And in Him you have been made complete, and He is the head over all rule and authority. And in Him you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by the removal of the body of flesh by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with Him in baptism, in which you were also raised up with Him through faith in the working of God who raised Him from the dead. When you were dead in your transgressions and the uncircumcisions of your flesh, He made you alive together with Him, having forgiven us all our transgressions, having canceled out the certificate of debt consisting of decrees against us, which was hostile to us, and He has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. When He had disarmed the rulers and the authorities, and He made a display of them, having triumphed over them through Him. We've been buried with Him in baptism. We were circumcised with the circumcision made without hands in the removal of the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with Him in baptism, in which also you were raised up with Him through faith in the working of God, who raised Him from the dead. Do we get circumcised today? Yeah, that's called baptism. You get baptized. It's required that you get publicly baptized. You get baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and you declare an oath of allegiance to the monarch Jesus Christ. You swear an oath of allegiance to Jesus Christ and you swear that you're going to open up your mouth and confess Him before the world. This is the oath that you swear. You confess His name before the world as the only begotten Son of God, as the Savior, as God Almighty. 
Church waters it down. Oh, yeah, you know, Jesus and Moses and Muhammad. And... There's got to be a meme in there somewhere for somebody to make. The Lord said to Joshua, Today I've rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. On that day, the day after Passover, on that very day, they ate some of the produce of the land, unleavened cakes and parched grain, and the manna ceased on the day after they had eaten some of the produce of the land. So that the sons of Israel no longer had the manna, but they ate some of the yield of the land of Canaan during that year. All right. Now here's something else that I'm going to... I get emotional about these things. They mean a lot to me. Verse 13. Now it came about when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted up his eyes and looked. And behold, a man was standing opposite him with a sword in his hand. A man is standing opposite him with a sword in his hand. And Joshua said to him, Are you for us or for our adversaries? And he said, No, no, no. He said, I indeed come now as the captain of the host of the Lord. Who's the captain of the host of the Lord? It's Jesus Christ. It's Jesus Christ. It's Jesus Christ. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and bowed down. He says, what has my Lord to say to his servant? And the captain of the Lord's host said to Joshua, remove thy sandals from thy feet, for the place where you're standing is holy. And Joshua did so. Who said that? Who said that? Who said that? It was God Almighty. Who said that to Moses? And now it's God Almighty saying this to Joshua. It's Jesus Christ saying the same thing to Joshua as he said to Moses. Take off your sandals for the place where you're standing is holy ground. I look forward to his conquest. We're going to wrap up. That's it. I look forward to his conquest. But now in this life, in this time, in this earth, we have the great privilege the great privilege of serving Him by faith. Though you don't see Him, you love Him. Though you don't see Him now, you, you have a joy inexpressible in your Father. It is a great honor to live by faith in this life of challenges and trials and tribulations. It's, a, it's the greatest honor that, 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 that we can ever have. We will not have this honor in eternity. Angels do not have the honor that we have. Angels don't live by faith. The angels do not live by faith. They see the face of the Father. And yet still many rebelled. Still many rebelled. People say, oh, if I just saw God, I'd believe. No, you would No, you would not. You would not. Was not the rich man that said to Jesus Christ, hey, look, send somebody from the dead to my brothers. And Jesus Christ says to the rich man, hey, if they didn't believe Moses, they didn't believe what Moses wrote, they, weren't, they won't believe if somebody rose from the dead. And Jesus Christ rose from the dead, and people still don't believe. Well, that's it. We're, we're getting long in the tooth. People saying they want to get out and they want to go to lunch. All right, preacher, it's enough. It's all we can take. Love you guys. Fritzberger and bloodandfaith.com. We'll talk to you again soon.